I'm Drew Miller, and you're listening to The Second Muse. first word of Becca Jordan's song, Keeping Time, is come, and this speaks to the overarching tone of all her songs, one of invitation, beckoning the listener to stop, sit a while, and ponder. The implied pronoun is we, silently imbuing the song with a sense of solidarity and the assurance that we're in this together. This is especially heartening in a song like Keeping Time which asks us to bravely stand face-to-face with our own waiting and longing. Lori Chaffer has brought many songs to completion, whether they be her own or those of others. For her, it is a well-worn, familiar path that continues to instruct and teach, even on the hundredth go-round. It's fitting that Lori's wisdom has much to do with keeping time, knowing when it's time to dream, time to fix, in time to relinquish control. Becca and Lori make a wonderful team. I loved getting to hear them name each other's strengths with such mutual admiration. Becca, Lori, thank you so much for joining me on The Second Muse. Yeah, so great yeah, to be here. Absolutely, yes. Um, as is already evident to listeners, um, this is The Second Muse quarantine edition <laughs> Um, this is the first episode that's being recorded during the coronavirus quarantine. So, um, we're here via FaceTime and all that good stuff. Um, but to get started, uh, let's just talk a little bit about the quote that inspired the name of the podcast. Um, so, so often with creativity and art, we focus on the inspiration and, Um, and can even think of the making of art as this effortless, beautiful thing um, that just arises from brilliance with no complications whatsoever. But um, that is not the whole story. And there's this quote by one of my favorite writers, Wendell Berry, um, where he talks about the two muses. And the first muse is very much this muse of um, inspiration and, and kind of the sparkly moment of creativity before um, the real work sets in. And he describes this as the muse of um, inspiration that gives us inarticulate dreams and visions. But then there's the muse of realization. That's the second muse that returns again and again to say it is yet more difficult than you thought. And he goes on to say that it might be um, when we are the most baffled that Uh, the real work begins and that the impeded stream is the one that sings. And so I always like to start these interviews by asking each of you uh, just a little bit about how you relate to that force in your own creativity and your own creative life, um, both in the realm of songwriting and Lori, especially with um, your role producing and crafting a finished recording Um, how that element, how that muse comes into play um, and just how you relate to that in, in the creative process. Becca, you hit it. You're you're the songwriter. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love, 
as you read that, Drew, it feels like a prayer. The impeded stream is the one that sings. It feels more like a prayer. I, I hope that's true of my own life and artistry. Mm. I think my relationship with the second muse is one of of conflict sometimes. I think that that initial strike of inspiration or creativity can feel like a really... Uh, this is a bad analogy, but a really good first date where, you know, you feel like you have this like immediate, like even, even if it's a, a visual connection or an emotional connection of like, Oh, I felt so seen or heard, or there's excitement. There's something that's mm-hmm. beginning. And then it feels like that second muse is, is really that first moment of conflict of like, this is coming up against my ideas of where this is going to take me or who this person is or what I have to say. There's some kind of struggle I think that takes place for me in that part that tends to, it can be discouraging. Um, I think if I wrestle with it enough, it can, it, it flips it around again where it feels like I'm able to push through that conflict and, and see the other side of the idea. And myself often, I feel like is really who I'm wrestling with is the, the idea of who I think I am as a writer and an artist. And then what really is coming out tends to be sometimes two different things. And so to say, can I tell the truth about what's really underneath that um, idea? So it tends to be, I think, one of some wrestling, some uh, some conflict for me. It's not, not usually a, a beautiful thing, but mm-hmm. I think can produce, produce something, hopefully, that's good and that's um, cohesive of both my light and shadow sides, those parts of me that are both, you know, good and bad or dark and light, that there seems to be some cohesive element of saying, can I wrestle through both of those parts of me and bring to the table something that, yeah, can be true to me, but also hopefully encouraging to the listener. So, yeah, just the words like conflict and especially conflict between idea and reality. Um, that's so mm. true. And when you are first struck with inspiration, it's almost like you're allowed to indulge your ideas and mm. stay there mm. and you don't have to make any choices yet. Um, but right. then once you really start to engage with the gap between your ideas and reality, mm. um, that's simultaneously where the conflict arises and where the good stuff starts in some way. Mm. Um, but it's less, you know, it's less just immediately exciting than, than the first, the first date with your song idea or whatever <laughs> yeah. you want to refer to. That's it a as. good, I like that. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. That spark that feels, yeah, hopeful and like, oh, this will solve all my problems. You know, this, mm-hmm. I, I think I tend to even look at art in that way of like, if I yeah. can just say, if I can just say this one thing, then it'll, it'll mm. bring some, it'll heal me or it'll, it'll, it'll finally, you know, capsulate what I've tried, what I've been wrestling through. And then I think I get to that point where I'm like, I can't say everything I want to say about this in, in one song. There's, mm. there's no possible way. And, and when I do that, which I think I tend to do quite often, it often yields pretty crappy songs. Mm. You know, when you're trying to, when it tra- you're trying to let it like save or say, or like be this power for you that you're like, I don't think that's what it's here for. Um, mm. So we call that putting 10 pounds of crap in a nine pound bag <laughs> in our family. <laughs> oh, that's so helpful, 
yeah. I love that. Uh, or like uh, 20 pounds of crap in a nine pound bag. Yeah. I mean, depending yeah. on how uh, I mean, it can grandiose be. you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I love that. I think, I think for me, um, it's been a long journey of learning nuts and bolts. Um, I kind of in the same vein, there is inspiration is lovely and like a drug. And, but when you actually have to commit to not doing the following things, because anytime you do one thing, you're committing to not doing other things. Hmm. Um, it's taken me many years to be okay with saying we're done. Hmm. Um, and I, I feel like, yeah, just every, uh, the process of the second muse for me is one of patience and commitment and process and learning what are the nuts and bolts of how do you, how do you listen to a mix at this point? Like there's a, there's listening to a mix early, the rough mix to see, is this the general idea? And then there's listening to a mix when you're further down the road where you're listening um, for things to fix, but also not letting for a long time, I would listen to mixes and be so stuck by the things that were wrong that I couldn't just fix one thing at a time. Mm. And so for me, it was kind of a process of learning. This is when you do this, this is when you do this and you can have patience in the process to not try to fix certain things early. Like you can only fix so many things at once, you Mm. know? So getting it from the dream phase to the reality phase is, has always been a, I'm just still learning how to do that in Mm. a elegant way. (laughs) It's not always very elegant and it's not always very patient. Um, but I feel like I'm finally getting, it's been enjoyable to do the production stuff that I've done with other people to Mm. do that with them instead of for me, like, Mm. because I've done enough production on my own stuff that you can get in your own head and have a hard time. Yeah. Um, Mm. I have a hard time doing both roles, but it's really enjoyable to do that for someone else and help them like, Hey, Mm. let's put that aside for now. Okay. The drums are not perfect. We'll come back to that. We'll fix that. Mm. Let's listen to everything else and see if we can't put that aside in our brain somehow, even as we're listening. So Mm. I don't know. A lot of it's very nuts and bolts for me, this phase Mm. of life, (laughs) Um, and then if I can work through that, then there's a point where it's kind of like a going down a valley and coming back up. It's like, there's always a point where you hate the song, Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like it's, and I've seen people post this, uh, you know, the thing of, I love this song. It's the best song ever. And then by the time you're halfway through production, you're like, this is the worst thing I've ever done. (laughs) And then by the end, you're back up to, this is the best thing I've ever done. So I I now understand that process and I feel like I can relax a little bit and know that's just how it goes, you know? I don't know. That's kind of some thoughts on it. Yeah, I'm I'm even hearing you kind of say, like, knowing... Uh, which phase you're in, like whether you're, whether it's the time to dream or the time to fix. Cause like yes. if you're trying to fix things already when you should yes. be just dreaming and listening totally. to the rough mix or like playing with a lyric idea, then yeah. you're not going to get to right. do anything. And, but likewise, if right. you are still entertaining every single yeah. idea that comes to your head when it's time to make decisions, that's not going to serve right. the song either. So learning how to occupy each space without disparaging the other for not being that space that you're in (laughs) is like really hard to do, you know? Yeah. Um, That's a great way of, uh, 
further explaining it. I think that's, that's mm. perfect. Yeah. And to, I also think there's a thing about confidence and insecurity. I think if there's ever a moment, uh, uh, there are times in the studio and when you're writing and, uh, you know, where you go back and forth between confidence and insecurity, everybody does it, you know? And Don and I were talking this week about how when you're, when a person is insecure and we were talking about me in the moment, uh, when I'm insecure, I can't make decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard for me to be decisive. And so you have to switch on, you know, just kind of put the insecurities away to make decisions. Um, anyway, that was just another mm-hmm. thought about it. Um, and when you're secure and you know where you are in the process, then you're, it's easier to make decisions as well, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. you're saying. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Man, you're such a trusty guy. I was, as you were talking, I, I kept picturing you, Lori, as I feel like you were such a, like a, a trail guide or a, a companion to me in that process because you know, you've walked, yeah, these paths so many times before. And so when you look at me and tell me like, yeah, right now it's gonna be hard for you to trust my decision or to make a decision on your own based on this place of where you're sitting and insecurity or questioning. It's yeah. I trust you to say, okay, you've walked this. Like you're not just telling me this because you think this is what's best for the song or for myself, but like you, you know, exactly you're, I think deeply acquainted with those rhythms and that cycle Mm. of, of creativity in your own life. And Mm. so it really made it, and it is making a safe place for me to learn how to do the same to say, you know, Mm. for you to look at me and say like, this is a part of the process. You're going to be, you know, right now you're on top of the world thinking this this is the best thing you've ever said. And we'll say (laughs) now you're sitting here weeping in my studio because you think you're the the worst. (laughs) And I don't know why those cycles are always surprising, but every single time I'm like, what is this? It's like a a brand new. It's weird. Yeah. We all do it, though. It's ridiculous. I think there's like a, I I feel like I need to check this, but I think it's a Josh Garrels quote about how, like, you think every time you write a song, you're like, I've written so many songs. I can write this song, Uh but you've never (laughs) written this song. Like, it's still your first time writing this one. And so, like, of course you feel like you don't have what it takes because you've never done this before. Like, every single time you've never done it before. Um, that's great. I like that. And that's so helpful to remember. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Becca, I resonate so much with you talking about, like, um, that s- sense that, like, this song will save me. <laughs> and yeah. just, like, putting all of your... This is the one. This is yes. <laughs> And again, like, how that never... Um, every single time it's surprising. Like... It's, I keep, you know, every time I write a song, like I, I have a moment where I, I feel that way or, and I'm throwing all of my problems at like this song. And I've done that so many times and it always lets me down, you know? And yeah. um, I don't know. That's just so, I feel like that's going to um, resonate with a lot of people uh, mm, who yeah. find themselves doing that in mm-hmm. different ways. Yeah. Uh, mm. So I think usually... This is the part where we would listen to the song together if we were in person, but I lack the technological um, brilliance to find a way of doing that. <laughs> so um, I get it, man. Insert, get it. insert song here, Drew, later on when you're editing this together. Um, and uh, so we can just pretend that we've listened to it. And uh, yeah. I listened to it um, right before we 
started our conversation. So it's fresh on my mind. I did too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I Becca, did you? It's your it. song. I, I sat and played it. So oh, <laughs> there okay. you go. Well, that's like uh, well, way that more legit. Up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't have done that. Let's start um, talking about the the song, Keeping Time. And um, Becca, just take it away. You can begin wherever you like with where it came from and and how this whole process looked as applied to Mm. this song. 
Hmm. Well, in the year of our Lord, 2017, <laughs> you this song came from actually a request or an invitation, I should say, from you with our church community to think about the Advent season and how to write as a group for that season. And I never been invited with that way of, of writing before. Hmm. And you, you gave us in the email a list of scripture verses and some ideas to really ponder. I think this was, I don't know, maybe even late summer. And so wow, good job, Drew. I was, yeah, yeah, was you, were, you, were on, you were on it. You gave us a I lot like of that. simpler times. You gave us a lot of time. So I think I really enjoyed having that space and the time to read over and think, okay, if I wrote a song for my church community, what would that look like about waiting? And in my own life, I think I've been so focused on my own desire for marriage. That's been like the central central theme in my life that I can most quickly and easily say, what is Becca waiting on? Oh, Becca's waiting on this. And um, that's in my personal life, but I think it was really Hopefully, I'm growing in a way in which that that invitation of what what does it mean to wait collectively, um, it made me kind of shift that focus and say, well, we're all waiting on something. We all, and not only on something here in this life, but I think I believe that we're all waiting on the fulfillment of of God to to come back and to make us new and 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 that whole path. And so, for me, this the idea of Christ and from Isaiah being, um, I, I don't, I'm not a biblical scholar, but this idea of him coming to coming out of the tribe of, of Judah and being the answer to their prayers in a, in a sea town, in a place of, of mm. water. There was something about that analogy that I, mm. I really enjoyed. And I thought, what would it look like for me to stand on, on a shoreline and picture my community collectively there with me saying, we're not just waiting. We all have things in our life that we're personally expectant for, hmm. but what if we, what, what if we all brought those to, to the water together and said like the idea of not yet, but already that idea hmm. of like, we're together in this and Christ is not here, but he is here among us. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this is making any sense, but that, oh, that yeah. began to percolate for me, that idea began to really take, some some weight and i began just to sit at the piano and the I, somehow and i I've, I've pulled up some old lyrics but i started writing out one day um i started with prince of peace the world is weary heavy laden we come when, when will you shine on us love has a funny way of keeping time prince of peace be our lullaby and somehow that phrase like love has a funny way of keeping time mm-hmm. fell out and it just something about it dug a dug some roots in me and was like that that feels real like why does it feel Mm. like every season that even that cyclical nature of the creative process like Mm. it always feels Mm. surprising to me and the same with the church calendar the same i see these cycles in my life of waiting of things being given to me and then waiting Mm. again and and somehow they always feel surprising and Mm. i think i'm i'm standing in in that moment saying how what does it mean to keep time like what does this mean to even be a part of these cycles and Mm -hmm. to be to be like formed by them hopefully and uh to learn from them so i don't know i think i'm rambling now but no i mean that's kind of weird it's really good that's so good um that image of a whole community standing on a shoreline 
and just mm-hmm. looking out at the horizon and waiting for something together. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I feel like right now feels really, really um, mm-hmm. potent. And um, just hearing you describe that image just speaks to mm-hmm. me. And it, and it does sound, I mean, it strikes me even as you're talking how the song sounds like a shoreline somehow. I don't know how, mm-hmm. but like <laughs> something about the sounds that you guys created together, um, mm-hmm. it does sound kind of like water and floating mm-hmm. and waiting. Um, mm-hmm. But man, yeah, that line, love has a funny way of keeping time, mm-hmm. has always uh, been a favorite for, for mm-hmm. me personally. And it's, mm-hmm. it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like how much whimsy the song has for being a spiritual song. Like it mm-hmm. feels like it, it doesn't button things up nicely, but it also feels really hopeful. Um, and I just really liked, and caring, I think you have a care for your community mm-hmm. that runs mm-hmm. pretty deep when you, I've noticed when you play and just when you write for the community mm-hmm. and you can feel that. I didn't know the, the backstory of it. So it's really fun to hear that about mm-hmm. just now I have a visual for it. That's pretty mm-hmm. great. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even as I talk about it, it's funny. I think I grew up in such a, in a context where it was like, I've always been the waiting for me is like, okay, God's going to come back and. He's going to, it's going to be like bad, but good, you know, like we're going to all be like, you know, shielding ourselves, but we all secretly, like we should want this, right. Even though we're terrified of it. And I think for me, like the, the, the community that I've been a part of for the last five years has been, has allowed such space for mystery and for, there is no answer to a God that I both see that, that is just and kind and how I don't know what that looks like. And instead of, for me, I think realizing in in that process of Jesus being not someone who's going to come back and I should be like terrified, but that he he actually is waiting with us. There's something about him mm. entering that space. And so I, the, to me, the image of the sea and when I stand on a shoreline, there's something so incredibly peaceful. Mm. That, and I'm not looking for, you know, this like rip in the sky and some judgment thing to happen that's terrifying. I'm... I'm looking for something that's like small or that's, I, I don't know that I feel a part of in a way that feels calming and comforting. Mm. And so I hope that, yeah, I hope that that's my heart in the song is to say like, we can't answer all of these questions we have. They, they are hope. They feels like we've put them on the water and they've just floated away, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> what's where, where do they going? go? Right. Yeah, There's that literally, yeah. where, where do they go? Yeah. Where do they go? <laughs> yeah, where? And I didn't want an answer. I wanted to repeat that. I didn't want to say like, I know, you know, they're in the palms of our heavenly father. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I trust sometimes I trust that but sometimes I'm like I don't know I'm pretty sure they've floated out to the middle of the, the darkness and I don't even know if they're like <laughs> yeah. but I want that to be a comfort a comfort of like okay we're not waiting collectively for, for this wrath but we're waiting collectively with a God who apparently I, I try to believe that is in that and is waiting mm-hmm. with us mm-hmm. and is um, and is yeah expectant with us as well but hmm. well the finished song sounds so faithful to that initial seed of an idea that you were describing mm-hmm. and how it hit you mm-hmm. initially and it even occurs to me that the idea of time is so bound up in the sea you know the ebb and flow and the tide um, mm-hmm. and time is really wrapped up in music and mm-hmm. it's true that the music you found 
for that idea is uh, it's cyclical. It's um, it ebbs and flows in a way that's very smooth, but um, but also there's an anticipation to it. Um, mm. So it's just so cool to, I guess, hear how all those threads interact with mm. each other to make this whole that's so um, irreducible, you know. Um, mm. But so you brought the song to Lori, and how how did that? start like how did this finished recording come to be how did it um come to sound the way it sounds now i'll start and i'll pass it to you i want to say first of all i respect you Lori, so much i i met Lori in community of where i'm living and where i've been and um we had worked on another song previously before this one last april and so i knew that i trusted her and her heart and i knew that I think one reason I wanted to work with Lori again is she just intimidates me. And I, I know yeah. that if, if something scares me, I, have, I know, <laughs> I know in, in a good way of like, you know, in like a role model sense of like, man, can I, if I can just be around her, maybe I'll be like her in some way. So I think mm-hmm. I trusted her enough Sweet. to say, okay, you know me, you know, you're learning my heart, you know, this community. And, um, yeah, I think Lori is really good with, not wanting to change or to say like, I want to honor whatever you see the vision of this song. How can I help mm. support that? So um, I'll let you take it from there, Lori. I don't yeah. really remember in some ways what, if there yeah. was clear vision, I never have clear vision. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, you did actually, I'm, I'm actually glad to hear you say that you were cool with where we landed. I mean, I knew that you were because we talked about it, but um, you actually did have, you were, when you came to me with the song, um, and by the way, thanks. I feel similarly like I just really respect your artistry and your voice and your songs. And I just think the world of you. So the feeling is very mutual. Um, I remember you thinking, maybe we should just do cello and piano and maybe guitar, I think. Um, it was very simple. And I was like, I was open to it. But when I, the more I listened to the song, it just felt like such a hopeful song and it just had more energy than that for me. Mm. I felt like it needed to, to have more, it needed drums, honestly. I just thought this needs to push a little bit and mm-hmm. um, not feel too melancholy because mm. it's not a melancholy sentiment, ultimately. Like it's a mm. super hopeful feeling sentiment for me um Mm. when I heard it even though it has little moments you know so I I think you just trusted me god bless you (laughs) um I feel like you came out and we recorded the piano and the vocals um Mm -hmm. which you always do really well I mean the two times I've worked with you you're just such a great player and singer Mm -hmm. so we got that down and then we just kind of played with it. I feel like I, I put some guitars on it and bass. Mm-hmm. And then we put a, we used studio drummer for the drums. Um, and then Don was working on something else in which he was going to have Todd Bragg come out. And we were like, well, should we put real drums on? Um, because we felt like the drums that we had were a little stiff. I think I over-edited them. <laughs> um, I cleaned them up a little too much. No, I'm, I'm learning. It's a learning curve. Um, and also they felt kind of um, 
a little too busy mm-hmm. and we talked it through. I don't know if you remember this. And then we had Todd play, but it was a fine line between feeling like, um, it was a fine line between too busy and too stilted on the mm-hmm. drums. It was easy to kind of go back and forth um, between one or the other extreme. And so, and we didn't mm-hmm. want the song to feel herky jerky. Interesting. Um, but we also didn't want it to feel busy. Yeah, I, I remember you feeling like it was kind of moving too quickly. And if you break up the beats to, you know, into mm-hmm. 16th notes, the song is going to feel faster. Whereas if you, you know, mm-hmm. make it. So um, we kind of went back and forth on that. And we ended up with Todd played a great, he just played great because he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember you being really excited because you know? <laughs> you're like, Todd Bragg. <laughs> I know. It's so funny because I've never met him. So hi, Todd. Thank you. But I, yeah, I got to meet Christy re- lately somehow in the last few months and was like, yeah. ah, I'm so thankful. Yeah. Yeah. They're great people. Um, and then we ended up, we did add a little bit of a loop to what he played to kind of make it feel a little more locomotive. Um, Mm -hmm. we just felt like it needed a little bit of a something underneath to keep it Hmm. locomotive, Mm -hmm. which now feels kind of ocean oceany to me, Mm -hmm. like a waves coming and going. Yeah. And you're talking about the beats and breaking them up and, and it is a very like, eighth note heavy drum part mm-hmm. but in a way mm-hmm. that is so it, it does like strike that perfect balance that you're talking about between the it could be stilted on one end or um mm-hmm. or just too loosey-goosey on the other right or busy right um yeah and it does it kind of like it propels you forward but um but it doesn't it doesn't feel like bumps in the road. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it just oh, feels well, like you're in a good. boat, you know, that... going over the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love the, the drums. Yeah, but those guitars too. Like that. There's like a very specific lick that um, was that you, Lori. Like the. I played. Yeah, the. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think it was actually. Yeah, we both sang. I'm just joking. No, wait, 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 wait. Was it. Well, Don, I know Don did one. We kind of both played guitars on it. We both had fun playing on it. And we ended up keeping both. Yeah. So there's two different ones. Well, there's some acoustic too that's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm so glad that I do remember that now that you mentioned that I did because Drew, we had played it, we played it for an Advent service, mm-hmm. and that was the first time experiencing that out of my own element with someone yeah. else. To and it was with mm-hmm. just fellow, and that's why I came to you and I was like, okay, here we go. This sounds great. This is this is what mm-hmm. I can picture. I'm such a, I have such a hard time envisioning something I'm not experienced, and so I was like, mm-hmm. okay, one, well, I like this, and so there we go, and. So I do remember that now that you were like, okay, that could be cool, but how about this? And I'm like, but I've never heard it before. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, uh, there's... Well, and I man. think it would have been fine the other way, too, but I just was feeling it this way. But, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a million ways to do a song, so exactly. not cool with it all. Yeah, but. The, the choices <laughs> are... We we're, yeah. I'm so glad. Yes, I love, I love, love it. Mm-hmm. Was there... Did cello happen? I, I don't remember no, cello. No, we never did. Okay. No. Cool. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We yeah. didn't really get around to it. 
Yeah. I know. Nice. It's funny. I can't. I mean, I'm sure it would be pretty, but once we added the drums and some of those electric guitars, I it it took a a sound for me that I really really loved, but that was that was different mm-hmm. from that live first mm-hmm. initial take. So I didn't even mm-hmm. actually think about that once we got <laughs> to it. Once it wasn't going. something that I missed. Yeah, I didn't miss it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So how how did you know it was finished? I know that's a huge question and like you can answer it any number of ways, but I'm always interested in the idea of completion when something is complete mm-hmm. and, uh, and Becca, you're talking about how you just didn't miss it, you know, um, these initial, cause those are these initial ideas that, um, that you were attached to as like, this is how I want it to sound. But then mm-hmm. once you walk down that road of chiseling this thing, into a more complete form, you let go of some of those initial ideas. So, um, I don't know, just what, any thoughts on, um, how, as you see a project like this through to completion, you sort of hear, Oh, that, that's it. You're like, there it is. And it might not have been the thing that I thought it was, but I know it when I hear it. Um, and what that moment is like and and maybe how it arrived for both of you. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know that it has that that moment of like, oh. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not necessarily yeah. an aha moment. Like, <laughs> okay. you can yeah. pinpoint it, not that it. Yeah, not that it has to, but I think in some ways it's almost like a combination of almost like, oh, man. I don't know. I think I'd worked with it enough. It was almost like making a meal. It's like I've done these certain steps and, and it's almost, I mean, speaking of time, I think it was just a matter of like, okay, we've spent a lot of time and hours mm. and, um, for at least sonically our, when the drums, when we got Todd in there and, we, and Lori sent me that rough mix of him and it was like, ah, oh, that, that certainly felt like a moment mm. that mm. musically seemed to seal the deal for me of like, okay, yeah. this feels like it's really towards the end of completion that, mm. Lori was right in terms of having that kind of that locomotive movement of like pushing the song along and saying like, I think this is going to wrap this up. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is more even practical. I think of just like, all right, we've put this much time in it and we've done the nuts and bolts and yeah. this is, you know, what we have. And there's a freedom that comes to that. Of like, okay. That process in terms of the, the cyclical nature of pro- like creativity of saying, I'm at that point. It's not like I'm tired of it or I hate it, but it's just been like, okay, I've spent enough time with this and I'm ready to move on to something, Mm -hmm. something different. And here's what, um, what I was able to create. And I'm ready for other people to be invited into that space and Mm. to to really release it and say, I've spent enough time with this. It's someone else's turn to say, what is this? How are you? How are you hearing this? Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, There's like a relinquishing of, of ownership a little bit going on there yeah. where you realize that your time with it has kind of come to its close um, in in one season. I mean, you still, it's still yours. The song has a funny way of keeping time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It kind of does. I know for me, (laughs) sorry, I had to do it. Um, I know for me when I am listening and I no longer hear things that distract me from the sentiment of the song, um, Things that either it's, you know, P-pops in the vocal or anything that, that um, sticks out in a way that feels distracting as opposed to, I think it's fine for things to poke out, you know, here and there mm-hmm. in the mix. But um, 
that's when I know when something's done is when I feel like I can really hook into what's being sung. I believe the singer hmm. and nothing distracts me from what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like, Man. okay, we're cooked. I think we're ready to we're cooked. let this little baby go. <laughs> Man, I love cooking analogies for music. Yeah. <laughs> they just work so well, you know? You put it they in the oven. It can be underbaked. It can be overbaked. It can That's be overspiced. Right. It, can it can be yeah. raw. I mean, like, there's so much you Sadly. can say. That's so good. Well, this is, uh, I think Mary Berry would be proud of this song. I think she would say, Mary Berry. That is simply scrummy. (laughs) Simply scrummy. I think she would say that about keeping time. I hope so. That's a fun, fun picture. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for talking about it and uh, digging into the details and the nuts and bolts with me. I... Do you love to ask at the end if you have any music recommendations um, for albums or artists you've been listening to lately that have uh, been especially exciting, like you just want to spread the word about? Um, I've been really enjoying the music of this guy named John Guerra. I think that's how you say hmm. his name, G-U-E-R-R-A, but he, um, okay. he's a, yeah, a songwriter. I think he's based in... Chicago maybe, but I've really loved his, his work and his heart. And then funny enough, I've been listening to, have, have you guys ever heard of the, the musical from like the nineties called Rigoletto? No. Mm-mm. It's, it's one of those closet like feature family films that I was, had the privilege of watching as a young child. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I've been, I've gone oh, back yeah. and been really listening to that soundtrack lately. It's, um, it's funny to get in touch with songs that you heard as a kid. Like that was the first, some of the first music I, I remember hearing that like punctured my little, I don't know, I was seven, seven or eight probably. And, mm. um, so going back and really listening and saying, what was as a kid, what, what struck me about this and trying to, and still mm. being moved by it as an adult has been really fun. So, yeah. That's what I've been listening to these days. Nice. All right. That was. Yeah. That was great. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah. Go check them out. Yeah. Will do. Thanks, Drew, for the invitation to talk about this song. Yes. Thanks for. uh, Thanks for making it happen. Glad we could do it, even over FaceTime. Yes. We made it work. I know. All right. Good to see your faces. Yeah. Help you. The Rabbit Room has partnered with Lipscomb University to make this podcast possible. Lipscomb has graciously given us access to their recording studio in the Center for Entertainment and Arts building. We're so grateful for their sponsorship, their encouragement, and the good work they do in Nashville. This podcast was produced by The Rabbit Room, where art nourishes community and community nourishes art. All our podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our members. To learn more about us, visit rabbitroom.com and to become a member, rabbitroom.com slash donate.